Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa. This is the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm Solomon Izanga Shams in Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, today we take a look at dirty tricks in African football. There are so many stories of visiting teams being ill-treated by their hosts when they play away at national team level and in continental club competitions. We'll hear from an angry Zimbabwean club official. These guys had locked the, the, the changing rooms and uh, we had no access to toilets, we had no access to water and went through a two-hour training session under those conditions. So are these stories true? Is it just the way that African football is played and should something be done about it? We'll get a comparison too with the way that football is played in Europe. I, I've known teams which either make the pitch wider or narrower according to the opposition they're playing. And I take a walk around the dressing rooms at Arsenal's Emirates Stadium and find out how they make the most of home advantage there. So I'm sure you've heard stories of dirty tricks in African football where visiting teams are badly treated by their hosts, intimidated and not given a fair chance of winning. There are countless stories of this happening in national team games in Africa, in the CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup. Now, we don't know for sure whether these stories are true or not, but let's hear one such account from Zimbabwean club How Mine. They played by LC United of Nigeria in a CAF Confederation Cup second round tie. They won the first leg 2-1 at home, then they lost the second leg 2-0 in Nigeria two weeks ago and went out 3-2 on aggregate. I spoke to the chairman of How Mine, Malondolozi and Como, in Zimbabwe's second city, Bulawayo. He gave me this account of dirty tricks. When we got there... Went through all the formalities at the airport, were cleared, but uh, there was no sign that there was anyone expecting us. The Bayosa people then came after about five hours of waiting at the airport. They, they moved us to some facility in Lagos, quite substandard, and we put up there for the night and they had to fly out the, the, the following morning, which was a Friday. We got to Sapele. Well, they, they did accommodate us at what they called a hotel, but it's, it's not in terms of our, our local standards. It doesn't qualify as a hotel. They then arranged that we, we at our request that we have our training session at the match venue. When we got to the facility, the first thing is they, they didn't allow us to come through because they said uh, Bayasa was still having their training session. They were winding it up. And uh, I think it took us about half an hour of waiting. They then gave us access to the stadium, only to get in and find that it, half the pitch was not cut. It was, the grass was quite overgrown. You couldn't, you couldn't train there. And so we had to use half the pitch while the groundsmen were cutting the, the other half. These guys had locked the, the, the changing rooms, and uh, we had no access to toilets, we had no access to water, and we went through a two-hour training session under those conditions. And the next morning, so around about 10, the, the match commissioner came in a half with, with the Nigerian uh, officials, officials from Bielsa. They had come to advise us that no, the match had been moved to four. We, we had to plan according to that time. So we changed our schedule. At about 10 minutes to 12, the match commissioner came back again with the Nigerian officials. Now the match had been brought back again to 3 p.m. And uh, at about 20 past 1, the, the escort police came through and, and they waited for us and the guys got into the minibus only to realize that the driver had disappeared. And on getting to the stadium, these guys had locked the, the changing rooms and they, could, they didn't give us access to the dressing rooms and we pleaded with them 
until the match commissioner came. There was no electricity, there was no running water, it was just a dark tunnel into the, the, the dressing room. The referee blew for half time. They, they went to the extent, the officials and the supporters, of blocking uh, our access to, to our dressing room. And, and one of the officials actually struck Brighton Dube with, with an object on the head and for, for a couple of moments they passed out. We explained to the match commissioner what was happening. He gave light reprimands to the officials but said that there is nothing he can do because he had seen nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> so you, under those circumstances you, there, there was no way we could have, we have come out with a, with a victory. So have you raised this matter with the Confederation of African Football? We were informed when, when we, 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 we started participating in this tournament that uh, if we have any complaints, they, they, they are lodged with the match commissioner and, and, and he includes them in, a, in his report. But the match commissioner at the end of the match, we approached him and, and, and said we wanted to lodge a formal complaint and he promised that he would come through to our hotel that evening, but he didn't come through. How did you treat Bielsa when the first leg was played here in Bulawayo? They were more than satisfied. We took them to, to one of the best hotels in Bulawayo. They didn't have any single complaint. Well, that's the chairman of Zimbabwean club Haumain, Molondolozzi and Como, with a long list of allegations against Bielsa United. He says there was no one to meet the team at the airport, poor accommodation, problems with the training session, locked out of the changing rooms, kick-off time was moved and a player was assaulted at half-time. We made contact with Bielsa United and spoke to spokesman George Ameli. He denies all of those allegations. He says in the first place, how mine were playing hide-and-seek with their travel plans. Secondly, they were accommodated in the best hotel in Sapele that's managed by a South African who went out of their way to make their kind of dishes, a courtesy we didn't enjoy in Bulawayo. And he says as for the alleged assault, they would have shown you footage if it happened and also they had the keys to the away team's dressing room and indeed they used it. So that's just an example. There are many, many stories of dirty tricks in African football. And Solomon, not looking at this example specifically, but do you believe this kind of story? Uh, Yes, Steve, I do definitely believe uh, a lot has been happening in African football when it comes to just kind of like treatment that teams get when they travel uh, from West Africa to East Africa or from East Africa to North Africa. uh, A lot of uh, teams and and football administrators actually see it as part of the game, unfortunately. So you're saying there to many it's part of the game. So do you think it is just a part of African football that the hosts will make it tough for the visitors and... Is this something that we should just accept in the African game? No, it's definitely not something that we should just accept in the African game. Uh, football is supposed to be a game that should be fair. You know, when you host a, a team, you have to show them hospitality, which is definitely part of the African culture, where when we have a visitor in our home, in our city, in our town, we make sure that we give them the best. We make sure they're comfortable from the accommodation to the food to uh, places to visit. But in African football, we don't tend to see it that way. In African football, we have that mentality that we have to win at all costs. You know, I've seen a lot of that in Ghana. I've seen a lot of that in Nigeria growing up, even locally amongst local football teams. Uh, when one local football team goes to play away from home, uh, they get to be harassed right from the time they step into the town or the city of the host club. And this is something that is done very intentional. I don't think this is really good for African football. It's not, never going to be good for African football. 
and it's definitely not going to help African football grow. So Solomon, what would you like to see happen about this uh, area of uh, allegations of dirty tricks? We need to really sit down and really ask ourselves, what do we do uh, and to make sure we correct this? And I think that has to start with the Confederation of African Football. I don't think Confederation of African Football, uh, you know, has really taken it serious. Sometimes I feel like they tolerate it. Uh, the match commissioners needs to be educated. The, 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 the food, local football administrators, local club administrators need to be educated. They must be scrutinized. They must be followed closely. The match commissioner, who is the one in charge, representing CAF in every football game, you know, needs to make sure that he keeps his eye open and make to make sure that he's very objective and not subjective and just, uh, you know, being on the side of the home team. I think hospitality is the key thing there, Steve. We need to be hospitable. Africans are very hospitable people. We know how to treat visitors when they come to visit us. So why don't we take that onto the football uh, culture and make sure that we embrace it and make it part of it? So action is needed in your view. Thanks a lot to Solomon Ashams in South Africa. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this on our Facebook page. There are so many stories of visiting teams being ill-treated by their hosts when they play away. Do you think that these stories are true? Is it just the way African football is played? And should something be done about it? Get in touch with us on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, Planet Sport Football Africa. And don't forget to like our page too. Last week we were asking which of the Toure brothers is likely to win the English Premier League title. Is it Yaya Toure at Manchester City or Colo Toure at Liverpool? Sajon Dinkater says it will be Yaya, but Keith Partington says no, it's his brother in the red shirt, of course. The Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. So this week we're looking at dirty tricks in African football and we're going to compare with things in Europe now. A couple of years ago, Solomon and I went on a tour of Arsenal's Emirates Stadium in London and we found out that there are ways to maximise home advantage there. Well, now we're in the home team dressing room, which means, of course, it's Arsenal's dressing room and uh, surrounded by red and white jerseys of all the team members hanging from their particular pegs. And I'm sitting on the uh, cushion of uh, Jack Wilshere with uh, his jersey behind me. And uh, there's uh, a whiteboard on the wall here where uh, the manager, Arsene Wenger, would uh, draw up the strategies and uh, show the players which uh, parts they need to attack. Uh, Walking past that, there's... uh, the uh, bathing facilities, a uh, great big bath here for uh, after the match and uh, showers as well. On the other side, there's uh, massage tables for uh, players that uh, need therapy. And this is the visiting team's dressing room. And it's very interesting, the mind games that are played in football these days, because this is much smaller than the home team's dressing room. So when a club comes to play Arsenal, they'll be here. And uh, this has got a black floor, whereas uh, the uh, home team's one is grey. So it looks more dreary. Uh, It's rather more box-like as well uh, than Arsenal's own home dressing room. Well, you're listening to Planet Sport Football Africa. There I was on a tour of the Emirates Stadium in London a couple of years ago, getting to compare the home team's dressing room with the away team's dressing room. We're talking about dirty tricks in African football on the programme this week. Let's get a perspective from our European football expert, Stuart Weir. Stuart, I guess that uh, you don't get uh, as many stories uh, as we do here in Africa in terms of unfair treatment. Uh, No, probably not. But, you know, your experience of looking at the home and the away dressing room, I think it would be pretty typical because any that I have been to, there's much more comfort and much more space and much more facilities in the home team than in the away. 
And I think that you might say that the away one comes up to minimal acceptable standards. Uh, and the home team, one, is there to give uh, every advantage, possibly with a medical room alongside it, uh, more comfortable seats and all that kind of thing. Uh, I think that is just normal. And clubs say, well, you know, we want to beat them, so why should we uh, give them a lot of luxury? You know, for things like uh, Champions League, there are very strict UEFA requirements that have to be met. So in a way, you wouldn't get away with some of these things. The visiting team must be allowed to train on the match pitch. And it's normally during the equivalent time of the game, you know, 24 hours previously, so that they can actually train under the lights in the same conditions as they'll play the game. Um, Just take an example from another sport. In the Davis Cup tennis this week, Italy beat Britain. And Italy were at home, and Italy chose to play the game on a clay court, which is slow. Now, I'm absolutely certain that if they'd played it on a grass court, Britain would have won. But because it are the home team, they choose the surface that will suit them. And similarly with football, I've known teams which either make the pitch wider or narrower according to the opposition they're playing. You know, if you've got a team that likes to play an expansive game with a right winger and a left winger, well, I've known teams make the pitch a bit narrower, so there's not as much space for them to run at you. Um, And the question is, you know, where do you draw the line? What is simply using your home advantage and what is a bit of gamesmanship? And, you know, I think people will will debate that. You know, just some of the things that, that I understand happen in Africa has happened also a bit in Europe. I mean, certainly they say if you play a Champions League game in, in Turkey, there'll be an awful lot of cars driving around your hotel honking their horns late into the night. Uh, there may even be fans trying to telephone the hotel in the middle of the night to disturb the players, uh, all this kind of thing going on. Um, and that, to me, probably has crossed the line but, you know, making the pitch narrower or wider, well, making the dressing rooms better, I think that's just um, within uh, what is reasonable. But, you know, someone else may think that uh, it should be scrupulously fair and everyone should have the same chance. I'd be interested to know what, what others think on this. Well, thanks, Stuart. And indeed, we would love to hear your thoughts on this on our Facebook page. What do you think about these allegations of dirty tricks in African football? Do you think the stories are true? And should something be done about it? Our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, Planet Sport Football Africa. And don't forget to like our page. That's it for today from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Stuart Weir in the UK and Solomon Ashoms in South Africa. We'll be back next week and you can find the show online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.